1: Hello and welcome to the Kentucky Dad Pod. Big Blue Drew here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It's been a little bit. I had to let that last episode with Dan Issel, Kentucky men's basketball time leading scorer episode, um, fester there for a little bit. So if you haven't checked that out, please go back, take a look at some of the Kentucky Dad Podcasts. They're not really timely, so you can look at them whenever you like. We've had Dan Issel, some awesome guests, so please check those out. Would appreciate that. Um, We are firmly in that spot in November where football, basketball, everything's colliding all at once. So very, very busy time as we sit here. Um, We're not going to talk about football at all on this podcast for obvious reasons for Kentucky fans after a brutal day yesterday, but we do have some major basketball stuff coming on. So I'm really excited um, to invite this person on the podcast, somebody I've been Looking forward to getting to know a little bit better. I'm followed from a distance for a long time now. So David Klein of the founder of like Spartan Hoops. So i say the authority on Michigan State basketball um, and kind of new dad too is going to pop in and uh, preview the game and stuff a little bit. So David, what's up, man?
0: Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I I appreciate the authority on Spartan Hoops. I guess I would maybe classify myself as that humbly, but I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk a little Champions Classic with you, man.
1: Well, that's dope, first of all, because I was, I was hoping you wouldn't redirect me on Twitter and be like, no, man, don't say that. Like so-and-so's perfect. Because um, one of the things I admire about you is that all the time, and even still today, I probably get like one or two messages a week that's like, oh, I like, how do you do this? I want to do this. You know, how do you get into this? Um, and it takes a lot of work, I think, and effort. And I know that I, I feel like I saw you from, you know, kind of the very beginning of the inception of your stuff and just early getting started and you're up there with 10,000 followers and, you know, doing your thing with Michigan State basketball. So I know that takes a lot of time, but um, just maybe give us the quick story on the blog and, um, and kind of in general about the new family.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. So I am a Michigan State alum, I graduated in 2009. And obviously, when you're at college, there is a lot to do besides just watch sports. But it's something that, you know, you always are connected with at the university, particularly when you got, you know, dual sports, which Michigan State doesn't always have this year's been rough for us in football, too. But for the most part, um, you know, we're a dual sport program. So it's nice to kind of have a couple different seasons where you get to feel like you're invested back in the university. So, just been a passion project. I coached in high school for five, six years. And it was just something that I always kind of wanted to talk about, do, and got to Twitter late. I think I joined maybe March of 2019, I want to say. And so I just started doing some content, cutting some film, having some opinions on it, and it just kind of slowly grew. So, I started the website, tried to do a little bit more in depth stuff there. I cut some film. Uh, I end up, you know, just previewing stuff, write some stuff after the games as much as the times as I can have. Uh, like you said, I am a new dad. I have about one month or one year and four months now. I think he's almost four months. Yep. So it's uh, it's gone quick and obviously hands full on that deck. So doing the best I can to continue to provide content to the fans, but just still love it, man. Just love college hoops, particularly the Spartans. I'm a big 10 guy, but uh, I do dip a toe into – you know, kind of all the other top ten teams across. I like watching the SEC. I like watching the Big East. Uh, I kind of watch a little bit of everything. So uh, I really appreciate you having me on. There.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll keep it light for sure. And I know that uh, Michigan State, very similar to Kentucky, I feel like they have they have a very, um, like you said, dual sport passionate fan base. And I was thinking about it today, and I have a I, I have a like an eerie amount of history with Michigan State and Kentucky basketball, starting with I looked this up. So, um, December 23rd, 1999, number five Michigan State comes to Rupp Arena. Um, so, 12, I guess a 12 year old, it would have been 12 year old Big Blue Drew. Yep, 12 year old Big Blue Drew meets Dick Vitale at Rupp Arena. Um, there's like a buffet spread, David. All oh, this is a true story. Somewhere in Rupp Arena, this is going on. And he's like, Oh, come, come eat the buffet. And someone's like, No, you know, no, they, they can't come in here. They can't come in here. Obviously, he take, didn't take that um, for an answer. Let's us in the buffet. This was like before digital camera. So he's like, you know, make sure we get a picture. Like he's like choreographing all of this for just no reason other than, you know, I observed him being there and obviously wanting to say hello. So make sure somebody gets a picture, emails it to my dad. I still have it. It was awesome. Obviously amazing. Kentucky beats, or I'm sorry, Michigan state beats unranked Kentucky that game 60 to 58. Very cool. My dad took me awesome memory. And then just going from there, I'm, um, Kentucky-Michigan State played in that game at uh, Ford Field. It was like the highest attended basketball game ever at that point. The Patrick Sparks shot we have. And then culminating with this, Dave, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. In my garage, I possess, that I um, use in everything, Paul Davis's golf clubs. <laughs> that's a random one (laughs) it is it is and only you would probably that would probably get a good laugh from you but I thought you would like that yeah so kind of a family friend um through there so but and then just looking through the history man I was like right before you came on I was like kind of drowning in it um there's been some awesome games between the two of them we know that including a lot of the champions classic um which we know Kentucky and, and Michigan State will play in on Tuesday night in Indy and then the last time they met um, I guess if really I probably should have finished my story about with Kentucky Michigan state ties to this November 5th, 2019, um, Kentucky plays number one, Michigan state versus number two, Kentucky in the garden in the champions classic, the Tyrese maxi game, Kentucky wins. And I meet Kevin Durant on the floor, Madison square garden, talk to Kevin Durant about the game a little bit before I was super nervous. The video's terrible, um, but obviously one of the coolest nights of my life. So just, very weird, and a lot of tradition in my heart between these two.
0: Absolutely, I was actually at that game as well, man. I flew in like late, got out super early. Uh, obviously disappointed with that, but I was—I uh, think I was out for that one too. So, so nice. It was the first time I've been out to Madison Square Square for uh, like a basketball, like a college basketball game. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, I felt really fortunate to be there because I—I love doing the neutral site games. Like, I think that's my favorite thing to do. I think the home the home games are obviously cool for a certain reason, but. Rarely, And that was the best experience I've ever had when I mean they were just like shuffling celebrities in that whole night, because Duke, you know, obviously was loaded Kansas was loaded. Um, so that was really cool. I was excited to be in the building. I don't think I think Tuesday is going to be great um, as well. I know they're not the number one and number two ranked teams, um, but sh- still should be pretty good still up in the air, whether or not the um reigning um, national player of the year Oscar she will be available so we'll have to see but what are your, like, um, just initial thoughts on, on the Spartans this year? I know you guys have already had a huge game. What a, what a brutal schedule, um, Gonzaga to Kentucky.
0: Yeah, it's brutal, man. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to see the dub. I felt a little bit good about this because, you know, I, I've watched Kentucky quite a bit. Uh, I'm a bit of a fiend. I had an eye on them because we are playing for the Champions Classic. So when they went to the Bahamas, that was all on, I think, ESPNU or something like that. I watched all those three games. I've, I've watched the Duquesne game as well. Uh, I really, really like your guys' squad this year. I think that year in and year out, the one criticism that I've had with the way that Cal constructs his rosters is I just don't think that he has enough like perimeter shooting to kind of mix in with the athleticism that he has. Sure. Um, and usually he's you know turning over the roster so much where there's not like some veteran stalwarts. I think the two things that I really like about your group this year – You have veterans in positions where it's really important. Uh, Obviously, Jacob Toppin is looking in for a big year. You have Seville Wheeler, uh, the transfer coming back again. So there's some stability at the point guard spot. And then, you know, where's there. You have a couple other bodies. I I just like the mix of vets. I like the athleticism that you have. And then you have C.J. Frederick, who's been banged up for the better part of two years, but looks like he's healthy. You get Antonio Reeves to transfer. And so you have two guys that are really going to be high volume, a high percentage, three-point shooters. And to me, that is kind of what maybe tips you over. I, I think Kentucky right now, in my humble opinion, is a top three, top four. I think I think they're right up there in my um, estimation with both Houston and Baylor, who I think are near the top. Um, and it, it, we have to see, we got to see some teams play some games against quality opponents to be able to have a better, you know, understanding of exactly what they are. But just from the eye test and you're looking from a, pure talent perspective. I'm just super, super high in Kentucky. I'm big Kasen Wallace guy too. I think, I think he's a stud. I think long term. Um, I know Ty Ty was banged up a bit last year, but I think Kasen is is even better in my opinion, it's particularly from a college perspective where he's going to play both sides of the ball. He can create at all three levels. He's got great size. He's a dog defender. I, I just really, really like the entire group that Kentucky and Cal has this year, I think it's one of the better rosters he's put together, top to bottom, uh, maybe in the last half decade or so.
1: Woo, David did his homework, bringing it. I know. I think all all your sentiments are exactly what we're saying here in Kentucky, but I think um, there's definitely still a, a bit of reservation because obviously of how last year ended, and then just um, you know so many Final Four championships, you know, just slipping through the fingers. But you're right, and, and I've said over the last few weeks, and I'm going to continue to say that. It's so refreshing to me that we're sitting here not talking about, oh, you know, we should expect Antonio Reeves to start shooting a higher percentage or, you know, CJ Frederick's going to, you know, probably be at this percentage. It's so refreshing to have seen them already filling it up and I'm um, doing what we were hoping they would do. And CJ definitely, I think, outperforming expectations, but um, it wasn't in the garden. So uh, or, I'm sorry, I guess it ain't in the garden, but still huge, um, you know, huge neutral site game, um, NBA arena. So it'll be a lot different there to kind of see what. What they, they can put together, but Michigan State, they're always tough. I know when I played basketball, we did the Michigan State rebounding drill every year or every day, I should say. I hated it. Um, and it was essentially just like no fouls, prison rules, get the ball. So, you know, Izzo's gonna be tough. And I have to assume that's gonna be kind of the game plan is to rough Kentucky up, especially if um is not playing.
0: Yeah, and Michigan State has always kind of had that in their bread and butter, but they've gotten away from it the last couple of years. I wasn't sure what this team was going to look like in terms of that. Just like some of the mental and physical toughness, I think has been lacking in the program. It's tough. Speaking just briefly to like the St. Peter's thing, like we've been on the receiving end of an unfortunate, you know, like 15-2 seed collapse before as well. Obviously, uh, middle Tennessee State, back when I thought Michigan State had a really, really good team, should have earned a one seed. They won the Big Ten tournament and weren't rewarded after that, which was unfortunate. Um, And then they end up getting knocked out. I I just think that March is such a fickle beast. I get that your fan base is hungry for them to kind of get over the hump again uh, to bring a national title. He's clearly, you know, continuing to recruit at an all time high level. And so it's just like, why can't all the pieces fit and just work? And I think some of the magic that he has to work every year is just turning over the roster, like we said. But this year is a little bit different. Um, Michigan State has veterans, so they're going to start five upperclassmen, which I think is is a nice commodity to have, particularly when you're playing teams that a lot of times are a little bit younger, particularly in the beginning part of the season when they're still getting their feet under them. I wasn't sure if this team was going to be physical or not, and then that Gonzaga game happened, and Matty Sissoko, who in the first two years played, I think, an average of about five minutes per game, didn't look like he could you know walk and chew bubble gum on the basketball court at the same time. Has an absolute breakout performance, 14 points, nine rebounds. I thought he really just physically dominated both sides of the paint. And we hadn't really seen that from Michigan State in a while. So it really gave me quite a bit of good hope that this is something that he can maybe repeat going forward. And this is a team where I think they're going to shoot pretty well this year. I'm really high on A.J. Hogart. He's a junior point guard. He's like 6'4", 220. He's built really solid. This last game, um, he, he, he reminds me a lot of Seville Wheeler. actually. Not shooters, not known shooters. I know Sevier's hit a couple this year. Um, but two guys that are kind of like bigger bullies play both sides of the ball. And Hogard is really a savant in the pick and roll. I think that's where he excels. I think that's where Michigan State's offense is going to head this year. They have some gravity now with Maddie rolling in the middle as a lob threat. And because Hogard such a big body, they've really just got him down into the paint. They've posted him up some. And I thought he did a nice job manufacturing points at the free throw line. I think he went two for eight from the field, had to take a couple threes that were like late second shot clock. So his field goal perception wasn't great, um, but he shot 60% from the uh, free throw line last year. He went eight for 10 in the Gonzaga game and he's gone three for three, the one before, if he can just shoot in the seventies and get to the free throw line five, six times a game, I think he's going to really be a big boon, and I'm excited to see the wheeler Hogarth combo because I think it's a very similar playing style. They're kind of bullies. They like to get in guys' pockets, and uh, that is going to be a matchup that I'm definitely circling and curious to see kind of how that shakes out.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love watching Sabir Wheeler do 90 feet, just relentless pressure the whole time. And you're right, and looking back, you're kind of just going through that scenario um, with him matching up against Hogar with um, last year, Trevor Keel is a bigger, stronger guard. They ba- won the game, um, you know, basically there for Duke, just just kind of um, out muscling and stuff. So you're right. That'll be interesting. And um, also, too, man, your Kentucky basketball takes are far too rational for this podcast or any um, any real <laughs> like Kentucky media stuff whatsoever, because they, um, they definitely don't treat it this way around here. But you're right. And a little re- on the recruiting side, I finally am so glad to say that I just buttoned up um, a little DJ Wagner piece that hopefully we can finally drop, like, maybe as early as oh, tomorrow. there you go. Or, or Tuesday to be not like that's big news or anything. But, man, I'm just um, – I'm definitely in the camp of just happy to put that one to bed. Um, but, yeah, uh, good stuff there, man. That was all a good breakdown. But let's move on to some dad pod stuff. Um, so what nicknames – any nicknames did you have growing up or do you still have – I know DK's in your Twitter – um, but what about nicknames throughout your life?
0: No, that's I mean, that's really it. DK is just the first and last name. And uh, that's mostly what everybody, all the friends call me. And uh, that's yeah, I brought that to Twitter and that I don't really have too much. I mean, stretch. I was like, Paul, I'm six, seven. So I was. Whoa, super whoa. Six, how, do, I was
1: how are you six, seven without like you should have a boatload of nicknames at six, seven? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I probably should, but I I really, I really didn't. Yeah, I have some friends call me Stretch every once in a while, and that's, that's about it, you know? Now, what about uh, you? You have some, a big blue Drew, obviously, is like the Kentucky thing, but do you have nicknames, too, or what?
1: uh, Yeah, I've definitely had some, some nicknames, for sure, but first, I have to say that um, it's kind of beef with us now, too, because, you know, tall guys don't like guys that are taller than them, for sure, and I'm like 6'5", so anybody's 6'7", if I enter a room, you know, you're kind of alpha male, like enemy number one. So it's it's cool, though. We'll, we'll, I, and DK, from now on, you're DK to me. Um, nicknames for me, yeah, Big Blue Drew, I can kind of go back in time. I worked in the retail sales biz for a long time, so I was D-Money to many people still know me and only okay. kind, of, kind of refer to me as D-Money. Um, and, yeah, i said say those are probably my my two biggest ones for sure. No, Andy, I don't go uh, by Andy. Funny. My name's Andrew, so... Drew um, by that one, but yeah, those are probably my nicknames, and I'm definitely a uh, big blue Drew. Probably sticks sticks pretty good now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners' racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman. And Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com dot com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since nineteen ninety-nine. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. dot com.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, soda, coffee, or alcohol throughout the like your weekly routine, which one do you drink more of? Yeah, so I don't drink coffee. I'm not a morning person and I always
0: I never want to do the person that had to lean on coffee to get me going. And then when I'm deprived of it, turn into a monster. Um, what do you said? Soda. I don't drink pop. Uh, that's what we call it in the Midwest. Pop, of missing, yep, yep. pop. Yeah. I don't drink too much pop occasionally. Maybe we like mixed drinks here and there. Um, and now I'm, so I'm 35. Now I drink once a week. Kind of take the edge off it, uh, but I do like dabbling in a little bit of everything there. I, I can drink seltzers. I can do beer. I can uh, do a little Kentucky bourbon. I do like my bourbon, too, so I go across the board on that for sure, but I would say alcohol's in the weekly routine. The other two really aren't for the most part.
1: Um, I've been to Michigan enough times throughout different parts of the year to know that drinking is a very popular hobby because you are often cooped up inside. So um, I know that um, I, I've definitely had some good times in Michigan and, and we'll have some in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, man, you're always welcome to come visit for sure. What about um, TV dads? Are there any like TV or movie dads that um, you kind of see yourself in or just always have enjoyed oh. like growing up or now?
0: I thought the the harder questions would be the basketball ones. But that is a tough question. I, it's just, it's I, some, I,
1: usually, I used to prepare people for that one. But we got the we got like the same questions um over and over or the same answers over. I and over, see, so. I see, I feel you.
0: Um, man, TV dad that I see myself as.
1: Let me think of some I shows don't... I'm watching too. I try to think of shows like, that like... I'm watching now as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, like I like like I'm not like clueless like Phil is for Modern Family, but like mm-hmm. I like like his like you know kind of. Just like his boyish, boyish nature, like he still wants to be a kid even though he's the adult dad. Like I see myself eventually that. Like I said, my son's like 14 months, so I don't, I'm not quite, not quite there just yet in terms of like being able to do all the stuff that I'd like to do. But like getting back into Legos and dinosaurs and all the stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to be a kid again for a little while. The older that he gets, so uh, I'd lean towards maybe some of the whimsy that Phil brings in Modern
1: Family that was, But I'm a family
0: um, guy fan, too. Pe- Peter's uh, Peter's hilarious.
1: Obviously, I don't think I would want to be a dad like him, but I, I do like a good family guy. So That's a good one, man. I don't know if anyone's ever said Peter Griffin. I feel like that one would have came up. But Phil's an OG for sure. That was, I think, my original um, one that I said on the pod. So, yeah, he's he's one of the best. He's an OG. That was a great um, kind of transition to something that I wanted to talk about. Today. I've been spending a lot of my time on as a dad um, over the last, like, probably eight hours today um you mentioned legos all these toys and stuff so if you follow me on twitter you saw that i have recently purchased one of these sega genesis minis and we're the exact oh, nice. same we're the exact same age david so i know you i know you're down with the sega genesis so for I've, sure i've never been so proud of myself though but like got on all the youtube channels like figured it all out totally did the mods where i can go in just add any games hundreds of games download them drag drop zips transferring them here to there plug in the usb drive um so we've been having the best time and a proud father moment like i've officially got his hands are a little small man those sega controllers i don't know what they were thinking um i finally got him to where he's efficient in mortal kombat with me so it's it's been a very great day around here
0: that's fun. That's fun. I uh, I'm like a GameCube guy from back in the day. Wow. I'm looking forward to doing like Smash Brothers, like a couple of like Mario Tennis, some of the other stuff that they had on there. I think Mario Strikers is a good one on there. Um, yeah. So I'd like. Uh, I'm excited to play a little bit of Smash Brothers eventually. There, I think the GameCube version is the best one for sure. Too.
1: I feel like GameCube is like the only system that I never really had any experience with, but it's one of the ones that like true gamers like the most and i'm really into just like retro collectibles and i know it's one of the higher valued like original systems nowadays so i'm not sure really i I I don't know know what i missed about gamecube
0: yeah i still i mean i still have someone i gotta dust it off somewhere when he gets old enough but i would like to do that it's like a fun one you know like you're battling with creatures and all the rest of it you know pikachu and mario and all the rest of that stuff so i always like that I like that game for sure. I played a lot in college. so.
1: And just imagine that too, David, being able to like sit there and play the Sega or whatever you want. Like I just have like the codes from Google, like right at my fingertips. I'm like sub zero finishing move. And like, I've yet to been able to execute a good finishing move. I just like panic and jam the buttons, but it's still fun, <laughs> you know, to just be like, Oh, this character, instead of like buying the cheat code book, if your mom would let you get it or like copying the codes from someone, So that was really fun too, just having all the hacks and stuff. So, but I was um, just generally proud of myself for like it was it was quite the technical endeavor, like modding that the software on that to get all the games. So I was proud of myself. Yeah, as you should be for sure. How old? How old is your son? Um, So far too young to be playing Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> he, he'll be, uh, he'll be like four soon, but he's kind of just jamming buttons, you know? So we're just, we're just having, yeah, fun whatever. and, uh, mainly Sonic yeah. though. So he had a Sonic, um, room makeover recently, which also prompted the Sega purchase. So okay. we're, uh, we're getting pretty, uh, you know what? I was a big Mega Man guy too. So you have to get down on some of that. I love the Mega Mans. Yep, yeah, We had Mega Man was on the list as well. So, uh, we'll just, what's the last few Sega games and then we'll move on. Couple of other personal favorites, Battletoads, excellent game battle toes and then obviously nba jam for sure yes gotta be done um all right man i always like to give people um the chance to whenever i i I can to just talk about any father figures in their life kind of shaped you to be i know that um roman right so roman 14 months old but um you know just kind of a little bit brief history and i guess like what led you to you know your journey as a father and kind of where you're at now
0: yeah, man. Um, you know, it wasn't an easy one. Me and my wife had two miscarriages before him and he actually came seven weeks early. So that was, uh, that was wow. a trip, man. I have to tell you. So, you know, we found out like pretty early on in both pregnancies that we just couldn't keep them. And, uh, so, you know, doubt creeps in, you're just wondering if it's something wrong with you or physically, or, you know, this, that, that kind of goes in and, so we were thinking about doing some of the tests and all the stuff and she got pregnant and, um, you know, we made it past kind of that 12 week you know period where you're just freaking out for a little bit and you're just kind of like holding your breath. And then uh, we got over the hump and she was actually supposed to fly to go see her brother in Minnesota for like a little family gathering trip. And that was supposed to be the very next day. She, her water actually broke. She didn't know it. She, she just like thought mm-hmm. something was wrong with like her bladder basically. Right. And so I'm like, you can't get on the plane unless we go to the hospital and figure out what's going on. So we get into the hospital. We find out that her water's broken. He's not supposed to come for, you know, seven more weeks. They're like, it's, it really would be better if we could just hold, you know, hold on for like a week. So we're just going to keep you at the hospital for a week. And then he's going to come. So I go home. I let the dogs out a shower. I get you know, some stuff to prepare myself to be there for a week, you know, call my parents and say, Hey, you're going to have to take care of the dogs all the rest of it and get back to the hospital. I fall asleep on the couch for like maybe an hour, because this was like three in the morning when we got there and uh, she started dilating and there said, Oh, yep. She's coming. Or he's coming, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is uh yeah so we got rushed in i was in flip-flops so i was like you know putting on the thing and they're like you can't go in there barefoot i'm like i'm not barefoot i have flip-flops uh-huh. they told me i had a week you know i'm just like uh-huh. you just washed over you're sleepy and um then he came and and everything worked out well so he uh he had to be in the NICU for like 17 days but mm. he was breathing on his own basically they they had him on a little CPAP for the first like three or four hours but he was breathing on his own after that and so we would just come for a few hours basically every day to see him. It was, uh, it was a really bizarre way to enter parenthood because usually, you know, you're there for the hospital for a day or two and then you're home and all that responsibility is on you. But this was kind of like a an ease in. We had really good care of the hospital we were at. And so we knew he was in good hands. And yeah, so we kind of just like dipped to toe and she ended up having to have a C-section. So she kind of was able to heal up from that. And so it was a small blessing in disguise just to be able to kind of get mentally and physically prepared for it. And yeah, first day when you take you take your baby home from the hospital and you're like looking over your shoulder, like, are you sure you guys are gonna just let me do this? Like I have got no idea how to really do anything here. But um it's it was it was a journey man. And I'm I'm just thankful dude every day when he's growing up and now he's kind of chattering and he's running all over the place. And it's it's a blessing, man. It really is. It's it makes it the whole thing worthwhile, I think. So
1: yeah, for I feel you, man. I said that one of the twins was in the NICU. I know that was a unique experience now with my four kids. I've been there, but I always love the unique perspective of the first time parent. And then like, because that was me, man, I was super young, too, with my first child. I'm just like, oh, you're, just, you're just letting us go here, right? Okay, we got it. Yeah. And then All now right. With my, with my yeah. third and fourth, I'm like, move, let's go. I got the car seat. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't need this. Please get out of here. So. Um but yeah man that's funny that's good stuff. Well good man I'm happy for you. Um we definitely have different journeys. I know that um, I said we're, what's your what's your exact birthday? If you don't mind sharing. Maybe My March. exact
0: birthday? Yeah, sure. I'm
1: 13087. Oh, so. okay. 61087. Yeah. So we're we're right there. Okay. Man. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. Well, let's get back to the game a little bit man. I definitely don't mind wrapping this one up a little quicker because um uh, normally these don't have a shelf life, which is great, but um since we got some of the game preview in um won't have yeah. too much time to get to get this in. But my thoughts, um, I guess wrapping up a little bit on the Kentucky Dad podcast, David Klein, Spartan Hoops. Appreciate you coming. Make sure you're subscribing to all his stuff. Um, it's just Spartanhoops.com, right? You got it. Yeah. Sweet. I don't know if you're
0: gonna be able to pull any uh, Kentucky fans over to the Spartan basketball website, but I appreciate
1: the shout-out anyway. You, you never know, yet. man. You <laughs> never know. There you never know. If you, I would especially say if it's a, if it's a contentious battle, you just you just never know. You could you could pick up some new subscribers, just a troll. There you go. (laughs) Um, But, okay, so my thoughts always – so this – I think it's a critical thing that we haven't mentioned that this game is now not the first game of the season. Um, I thought that was really – when they moved this thing to the very first game of the season, which I think it did about three years maybe, um, which I guess for, like, election days and stuff, maybe they moved it. Um, So we've got a chance, right, both these teams, even though, gosh, Michigan State had um, a very Champions Classic-like, you know, first couple games, but – Um, That, to me, I feel like is going to hopefully make this game a better basketball game. I'm hoping they can get up and down a little bit more. Each team can kind of showcase what they do now that they've had, um, you know, 80 minutes each, I guess, to kind of to get those flutters out. Um, I think the first five minutes of the game will be really important for that reason, too. It's going to be a big crowd, um, you know, kind of crazy environment for some of these players that have never seen that. Um, And then toughness. Ultimately, I don't know about Oscar Shibway, man. I, I, I generally don't know if he if he can go. Seems like it's going to be very limited. Um, But I still like Kentucky the way that they've been playing. So I just hope that the game gets up in the high 70s. So my hope is it's like, I'm going to say 79 to 72 Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I lean towards Kentucky winning this one too. Did you look at Ken Palm
1: before this? I'm curious what they say on this. No, I didn't. I was just actually kind of thinking that. I didn't even see the spread.
0: Yeah, let me. I'm just gonna look on that. I don't know if they've released the spread. Sometimes it take they have to do it a you know like a day before or whatever.
1: Hold on, I'm gonna pull and see. Do I make just to see where I am I? I got you what number I have one at on at Ken Pom right now. I had it at seven points.
0: They have you 74 66 on Ken Palm, so they're saying it's going to be eight points. I think that's probably a fair line, Um, and I probably would would consider taking Kentucky. I don't know. I, this, this team from Michigan state surprised me. You know, they were 11 and a half point underdogs to Gonzaga. They controlled the better part of that game for 30 minutes uh, up seven at halftime. They were up 12. They ran into some foul trouble and they ended up having to bring a freshman big off the bench. And they were playing him next to uh, Joey Hauser, who I don't know if you're familiar with or not, but basically two of the more unathletic guys, on the roster where we're in the front court and Timmy was just abusing them both. So that was, you know, we have a little bit of depth issue in some spots in the rotation. We only have 10 scholarship guys this year, which is crazy. You should have gone out and got somebody out in the portal, but it is what it is for that circumstance. But, you know, it's the scenario where Michigan state's rotation is going to be pretty tight. They really only want to play seven, eight guys for the most part, they'll dip in a little bit further in, in case of foul trouble, but, This is a team where I thought they were going to get waxed by Gonzaga and they showed a ton of heart and they just played with a lot of poise for the most part outside of this run that Gonzaga went on. They went on an 11-0 run in like four or five minutes um, and got them back into the game. Then Michigan State had to play a tight one basically the rest of the way through. So I I think that if Michigan State can hang in, take maybe some of the athletic blows, because I do think top to bottom Kentucky has more athleticism. I, I partially wish that we would have gotten to play you know this team that UK has for the team that Michigan State's going to be able to put on the floor next year um, speaking of recruiting Michigan State finally is pulling in another big class they had I think like maybe a top 12 one in 2021 but this is a top three class they have a top 10 guy in Xavier Booker uh, I know Kentucky was looking at I don't think they actually ended up really pulling the trigger on an offer there they have a point guard coming in Jeremy Fears who I'm super high on Cohen Carr is this kind of six seven athletic wing rebound. Their physical force, maybe one of the best pound for two in Garrett Norman. So I wish that maybe we would have gotten this matchup uh, a year from now and maybe the schedule in general, because I think it would have been nice for the young guys to get some uh, shots on their belt. And I just think Michigan State would have had a more athletic lineup to be able to match up with you guys. But I think oddly enough, despite the fact that Kentucky is going to have a bit of an athletic matchup, I really think this game might come down to who ends up hitting perimeter jump shots. Because like you said, Reeves and Frederick are kind of giving you some spice to that. Michigan state I think is going to live and die a little bit by the three in some spots this year. So I'm curious to see if that ends up being kind of the determining factor for this, who ends up being able to knock down a few more shots. And what does that look like?
1: I think the luxury of being a Michigan state fan is that, uh, you know, they really embody that college basketball grit. You know, you kind of always know you're in the game. So um, I think sometimes Kentucky fans and other programs kind of get jealous of that um, when you're trying to put together more, you know, flashy athleticism. Um, so I know it'll be a battle. Like I don't see any scenario really where, um, you know, Kentucky probably runs away with it because I think Michigan State is those been there, done that. I think you'll have them ready to play. I'm excited for the game. I'll be there. I'm doing photos for the game. It's my I think My third Champions Classic, my favorite event, um, you know, produces a national champions so often. So I'm pumped about it. I'm very excited to be an Indy. Um, David, thanks for coming on, man. DK, you killed it. Uh, so much good information on Michigan State hoops, and we'll have to get you back um, maybe to recap or just sometime along um, throughout the middle of the year or something.
0: Yeah, that sounds great, man. Thanks again so much for the time, and uh, go green out there. I'm sure there's nobody going to be giving me a go white on the other side, but <laughs> I hope it's a good game. I really do, and I think uh, we needed a little bit more given our schedule in November. You guys, You guys have a tough slate as well, but uh, I think that you have maybe a little bit more the depth to weather it. So we need this one a little bit more. You you don't mind just giving me this, this one, right? We need think, it. No, we we, we it.
1: need a the la- Oh, and I, I this thought had not hit me until like this week. It's crazy. But so the last place I took photos for basketball was Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Kentucky loses to St. Peters, and now the first place I'll take photos this season um, will be in that same building. So I don't think a lot of people have a. Uh, really put the pieces together that you kind of forget, you know, those neutral site tournament losses when you're just watching on TV where they were at. So kind of weird. They'll be back in that same building and um, hopefully you can play a little better and win, but let's wrap it up on dad jokes. Thanks for listening. Kentucky dad pod, please check us out um, on Twitter at Kentucky dad pod, go to Spartan hoops. Um, I'm sure they'll have some preview stuff or some recap stuff of the game, um, but go ahead, man. You can do your dad joke and I'll, I'll, I'll um, send us home.
0: Okay, um, yeah, man, this was tough. I honestly had to look some dad jokes up. This is not no, like no, in no my worries. real house. No worries, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what this is where I'm going with. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Uh, what supplies? <laughs> uh,
1: that's actually, so I haven't heard bad. that one. Actually. So bad, heard that one. That's actually one. pretty good. That's actually pretty good. Mine's really. I have one really bad one. I'll start. I get two. What do you call it? two birds stuck together? Velcros. Um, all right, let's see. Um, so the internet connection in my farm is so sketchy. So I moved the modem to the barn. Now we have stable Wi-Fi. All All right. Appreciate it. Kentucky dad pod. Thanks for listening. We will catch everybody next time.